Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Wow, welcome to church. I'm going to add my welcome to Pastor Luke's welcome, to Pastor Dan's welcome. So on behalf of me and my lovely wife, welcome. You good? Today is a special day because as we've already heard, it's Mission Sunday. But it's not only a special day, it's a significant year for me personally and for this church. Reason being is because this year, I turned 55 years of age. 55 years. That was me back in the day. And, and, and there's me at the back. Classic middle child, left out, neglected, forgotten. <laughs> Pete's there at the front, just leading the way. And, and then there's the little guy in the middle, Baz, the little youngest spoiled one, getting everything he wants. But there's that tacker at the back, just being overlooked. Any middle kids here today? We're going to have a special service for you straight after. It's going to pray for you, get inner healing, outer healing, inner healing, outer healing. We love you. God loves middle kids. And in heaven, it's going to be reversed. We're going to, we're going to get our time in heaven. It's just going to be amazing. So 55, in actual fact, I probably shouldn't do this, but my wife also turns 55 this year, which is pretty cool. Love that. Like I said, significant year. Also, it's a year that marks Kath and I have been together 40 years this year. Once upon a time, there was light in my life. There we go. And uh, yeah, we, we, we uh, started dating back in the day with 14 years of age and, and uh, we've had uh, incredible life together and uh, I've really enjoyed my life with you. And Mitchie couldn't be with us today, so I just sort of put a picture of Mitch up there. <laughs> we've had great fun making babies. It's just been, it's just been an incredible incredible 40 years together and we've got another 40 plus I think ahead of us which is awesome not only <laughs> not only that but it also marks 40 years that I've been in the workforce oh, okay then <laughs> tough crowd but I left school at the age of 15 and did an apprenticeship as a sign writer and uh, some of you won't even know what that is so I've got a photo of me sign writing <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a dying art in the actual fact there's not too many sign writers around, but I just love that. In the actual fact, that the bigger miracle is over 40 years of being in the workforce, I've only had two jobs. Wow. You younger ones have had two jobs every three weeks. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but two jobs. And another fun fact is I've never been to a job interview, ever. And so I worked for my dad as an apprentice, then I went on my own in business uh, as a sign writer, and then we started the church, and, and, and the rest is history, which is kind of cool. And on top of all of those incredible things, it marks this month, 30 years ago, we planted this church. And uh, that's awesome. Lots of, lots of great memories and lots of great moments. And as good as these memories are, they are all, and I want you to get this, as good as they are, they are all in the past. Say past. past. And the thing about the past is this, you can't live in it. Yeah. You can learn from it. Yeah. I hope we do. Yeah. We can remember it and I hope you do. We can celebrate it and I hope you do. But we cannot live in it. We must embrace our future. 
And that's why we as a church share vision at the beginning of every year. And as Pastor Dan already said, because he stole my thunder, that last week, Pastor Luke shared the global vision of life. And the theme is the one. Everyone say the one. one. And personally, Pastor Luke, I love it. I want you to know, I love it. I have fallen in love with this theme, the one. Why? Because God sent His one and only Son. I love that thought. It says, how can any one believe unless some one shares their faith? I love this thought. And again, this morning, you said yourself, every one who believes on the Lord will be saved. When you see it, you see it everywhere. And I trust and pray this year, we'll start seeing the one everywhere. And that is the power of vision because when you see it, it's everywhere. Have you noticed that when you're looking for a certain type of car? Guess what? You see that car everywhere. And when you see the theme of this year, the one, and you pick up your Bible, you're going to see the one, the one, the one, the one, the one. And I trust and pray that we will engage in this theme the year. One more time, everyone say it. The one. But today is Mission Sunday. And I get the incredible privilege to share about our future on a local level. Pastor Luke last week, global level. Me today, local level. Everyone say local level. And to do that, I want to share a message that will hopefully honour the theme set by Pastor Luke, practically help us to walk it out and unpack what our future at Life Adelaide looks like. Does that sound good? Excellent. So if you have your Bibles... Turn with me to the book of Philippians. We're going to read from chapter 2, verse 19. And if you don't have a Bible, then you can follow on the screen. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Last year, the theme was, come follow me. And as followers of Jesus, we've all been called to the ministry of care. Turn to the person next and say, Ministry of care. And I don't think any of us have a problem with that. I think all of us would agree that the world could do with just a little bit more care. Would that be fair to say? For me though, I think the problem lies in our limited understanding of what care is. If you look at the life of Jesus, I think we could agree that Jesus cared. In fact, I don't think we have a greater example of anyone who's ever walked this earth or ever will walk this earth of a man who cares and who cares deeply. And yet, on two occasions that we know of, he was accused of not caring. 
One of them was on a dark and stormy night. Sounds like a ghost story, doesn't it? A dark and stormy night. The disciples with Jesus in the boat were out in the wind and the waves and Jesus is asleep. And the disciples are freaking out and they wake Jesus and they say this, don't you care. So wow, when you started using Jesus of not caring, we have to ask ourselves, what's our understanding of caring look like? But that wasn't the only time. There was another time at a dinner party when Jesus was sitting there teaching his friends, talking to his friends, chilling out with his friends. And Martha was doing her thing in the kitchen. She was doing her ministry. And she was making all the sandwiches, spaghetti bolognese and all those things. And she wasn't getting the help she felt she deserved. And she comes in in a tiz and looks at Jesus and said this, don't you tear. And I ask myself again, for Jesus to be accused of not caring. It tells me maybe, just maybe, we don't have a full understanding of what care looks like. Often, I believe, care translates to what we care about. For Martha, it was her ministry. She cared, but it was just about her ministry. For the disciples, they cared, but their care was limited to my safety. And I think that would be true for us. We get guilty of just caring about my ministry. I love our youth department, but I I promise you, Jacob is doing an incredible job. Can we just put our hands together for Jacob and the team looking after our young people? Awesome. But I know every budget meeting, I know where he wants the budget to go. I know where he wants the resource, time, effort and energy to go in what he cares about. It's awesome. And and, and we're like that. We care about our work, our family, our time. And none of these things, church, none of these things are wrong. None of them are bad. These are all good things. But can I say this? They're not the only thing. They are good things, but they are not the only things. And often our level of care stops at our level of awareness. You see, to truly care requires being fully aware. In other words, those that really care are really aware. You see, when it comes to caring, it's never easy. Caring for anything is never easy. Try and care for a dog, not easy. Get a new car, try and care for a car and park at Westfield. (laughs) Hard to care for that precious gift. But I promise you, it's much harder to care for people. Caring for people can be hard because there's always emotions, demands and voices when it comes to caring for people. And it is our responsibility. I say that it's our responsibility to manage the many voices, particularly when it comes to a season of change. And church, this Mission Sunday, we are facing change again. 
Life Adelaide is in yet another season of change. And you know what? That's a good thing. I know a lot of us don't always like change. We feel uncomfortable with change, but I'm here to categorically tell you that change is a good thing. Why? Because change is the requirement for existence. You see, the continuation of any organisation depends on change. Without change, things die. The whole idea of change is to preserve that which does not change. Can we have that photograph of uh, the early church, the first photo of the church? I want you to know something about this particular photo. This was us year one. And I, I promise you, back then, with that tie and that blazer and that hairstyle, I loved Jesus with all of my heart. That has not changed. Back then, albeit we only had a keyboard this big that was sitting on an ironing board, we were passionate about worship. That has not changed. But you know what has changed? Everything else. (laughs) Pretty much everything else. Why? Because without change, things die. The reason we change is to preserve that which does not change. The Word of God does not change, but we have to exegete the culture, the time, the season that we live in and make the changes accordingly so that the unchanging Word of God could be heard, seen, felt and touched. And so in this season of change, I want to help us all identify the voices that we need to be aware of. And so let me break it down as simply as I know how. I love taking complex thoughts and making them as simple as I know how. So you're ready to follow on a journey? Number one, when it comes to being aware, the first voice that we need to be aware of in a season of change is the voice of the Lord. Everyone say voice of the Lord. In other words, what did God say? When facing a season of change, the best question, the first question, the primary question to ask is, what did God say? And what I love about this passage of Scripture that we read from the book of Philippians was Paul's words and what he said about a young man by the name of Timothy. He says, This young man, Timothy, has shown genuine care for you. Unlike so many others who only care about their own interests, Timothy cares about the interests of Jesus Christ. In other words, he cares deeply about what Jesus said and what Jesus wants. And it was a point of difference in this young man, Timothy's life. And Paul was loud and proud about that. Paul, the author of this particular letter, he himself faced many challenges and he had to keep coming back. Many times you'll read in the Scriptures of where Paul, when faced with opposition, had to keep coming back to what did God say? And I love this one account found in the latter book of Acts where he decides to go back to Jerusalem and people tried to dissuade him from going. 
They said, if you go there, you'll be arrested. He says, I, I don't care about that. I, I don't want to live a life of comfort. I want to live a life of obedience. God has told me to go back to Jerusalem. And uh, I don't know what awaits me, but it doesn't matter. I would rather go in faith and be obedient than settle down and be comfortable. And he says in Acts chapter 22, verse 21, says, Then the Lord said to me, Go and I will send you far away to the Gentiles, which was not a message that was well received in Jerusalem, because Jerusalem was filled with Jews and they despised the Gentiles. But God had spoke to Paul that the message was not just for the Jews, it was for the Gentiles. And he got beaten up because of that. He got imprisoned because of that. He ultimately lost his life because of that. But he would rather go through all of that because of what God said, than what people said. What did God say? Another great example is that of Jesus Christ Himself. Matthew chapter 4 talks about when Jesus was in the desert and He was being tempted by the devil to do something wrong. The devil threw his best at Jesus in the desert that day. And every time. Now, I want you to picture the scene. Can I set it for you? Jesus is in the desert. I don't know about you. That alone tells me discomfort. No air conditioning. That hasn't been invented. Air conditioning is about 2,000 years off being invented. So he's in the desert. And he's in the desert for 40 days. No air conditioning. And he's fasting. We're only asking you to fast a week. 40 days, Jesus goes without food. And I imagine he's feeling a little bit hungry, understatement. I imagine he's a little bit tired. He's a little bit weary. And the devil comes out, I, I know the first test I'm going to do. Because when you're hungry, what do you want? Bread. You want food. You, you go for bread, I, I'm going to go for something. I'm going to go for pasta, whatever it is. We want food. And, and he says, if you are the Son of God, turn this stone into bread. Now, we have lots to thank God for this morning. One of them is that I'm not God. <laughs> because if I was Jesus that day, if, if, if I, I would be looking at that stone and that, that stone would be bread in two seconds. I mean, anyone know what I'm talking about? But Jesus doesn't do that. He's not led by His feelings. He's not led by His emotions. He's led by the Word of God. And on three times that is recorded in Scripture, Jesus responds with the Word. It is written. It is written. It is written. In a season of change, when emotions are high, when voices are many, when demands are great, the first voice we should be listening to is the voice of the Lord. Let me bring it back to Life Adelaide and what God has said to us. Back in 19, uh, 19, 2021, I stood up here on Vision Sunday and announced to the church we were having another season of change. I talked about how God had spoken to me about the boats coming together and how Victory Church would become part of the Life family. And there are a few reasons for that. But at the end of the day, it wasn't just a good idea. It was a God idea. It's proven to be a good idea, but it was always more than a good idea. It was a God idea. And what makes something a God idea is because God spoke. Come on. 
And there are a number of reasons, but two big ones were that we as a local church would have a greater level of covering and accountability. Why? Because we live in a changing world. When we planted our church all those years ago, it was a different world. You go back to 1994, and some of the old ones in the room will verify this. In 1994 in Adelaide, we did not have Sunday trading. Do you remember that? In 1994, the shops weren't even open all day Saturday. Come 12 o'clock, shut. Some of you are saying, bring back those good old days. <laughs> it's a different world. Back in 1994, I didn't own a computer. Back in 1994, I had a mobile phone that, that wasn't that mobile, it was massive. <laughs> it's a different world. Back in 1994, the laws were different. They've changed now. And I felt in God that we need a greater covering and a greater accountability. The second thing was a passion and a heart for the next generation. To set up the next generation for a win. I thought, would it be right to set the next generation up with a win without having greater levels of accountability and covering? And so from these two things, there are other things, but they were the two main things that I felt God impress on my heart about the boats coming together, victory becoming life. On top of that, I thought if we can do this early enough, it sets Kath and myself up for a win and our next season. See, I have a real passion for not just this church, but the church. And one of the things I see in the church is that there are pastors who are in their 60s and some in their 70s holding on with no plans for the future, just going year by year. And I thought, man, if we could do something sooner rather than later, hence why we made the decision to go from victory to life some three years ago. The first voice we need to listen to is the voice of the Lord. Everyone say, voice of the Lord. Second voice we need to be aware of is the voice of leaders. Not only do we have to factor in what did God say, but we have to factor in what did leadership say? What did the leaders say? Paul had a desire to send Timothy to a church. And he was very clear about the what, the why and the who. In this letter, he said, I'm, I desire to send Timothy to you to encourage you to provide leadership for the church. He was also aware of some of the possible concerns and he addresses them. He says, I know he's young, but he genuinely cares for you. And like a son, I have no one else like him. Paul says of Timothy, he's proved himself to me and he's served me. In other words, I've seen firsthand what this young man is made of and what he can do. And so my role as a leader has always been to put into words and make us aware of what needs to change and why. So let's bring that back to Life Adelaide today. For quite some time, Pastor Luke and myself have been talking about what the next could look like the next personally for Kath and I, and the next for the church. And those conversations started, give or take, about 18 months ago. And we started what we call blue sky dreaming. What could happen if? What about this? And, and 
And if you didn't have to be responsible for that or didn't have to do this, what, what would you love to do? And, 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 and what could that look like for Kath and I personally and for the church? And if I'm honest with you, there was something that leapt on the inside of me. We started getting excited about the future. And so over the last 12 months, other people, Pastor Dan and Ashari and our senior leadership team were invited into that conversation. And we believe that with all these conversations and much prayer, that our next became a clear, God-breathed plan moving forward. You want to know what that plan is? Drum roll, please. You guys are so good. We believe that Dan and Ashari should take the leadership from Kath and myself as of this day forward. Yeah, and rightly so. And just like when I had the Vision about two boats coming together was a God idea, not just a good idea. I believe this is a God idea, not just a good idea. What this is going to do is free Kath and myself up to have some of our long overdue, long service leave. I think we've racked up any close to a thousand weeks, something like that. I maybe I'm being a bit greedy, but we have racked up a little bit of long service leave. It also gives us an opportunity to be released into our next. And we've talked about the possibility of a kingdom space where we not only help this local church, but other churches, which has always been a passion of mine. That guy in the tie and blazer has always had a passion for the church. I've always found myself in conversations with other pastors wanting to help them, to lead them, or even to learn from them. I always find myself in this, what we call a kingdom space. And while we don't know all the details, we do have a few steps. Isn't it interesting? The Bible says He orders our steps, not our vision. Yeah, that's good. We have a vision, but most of the time that vision's really blurry. But I do have a few steps. And I want to be obedient to the steps we do have. And so the first steps is for us to be around for the next two weeks. Is that good? <laughs> Man, they're ready for you, my friend. Okay, I get the message. <laughs> Two weeks, Pastor Dan is going to be speaking next week. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Then I get the privilege of sharing the week after that. I hope you come back for that. <laughs> and then Kath and I are going to begin our long service leave and be away for four weeks to come back again for two weeks. Just to show my face so you don't forget me. And that is the 7th and the 14th of April. And then after that, we're going to have some long extended leave right up to September 1. Where I'm going to be back in the building on Father's Day and get to share with you. Is that cool? 
Ask me what happens after that. Don't know. But I feel very at peace about that. I have an incredible faith for what God has for this church and for what God has for Kath and myself. On top of that, it also gives Dan and Ashari an opportunity to lead in their next, in their God-ordained next, in a really safe environment. Now, some of you might say, like Timothy, he's young. And I want to tell you, you get no points for that. But this is what I also know. He's not only young, but he's ready. Yes, he's young, but he's ready. I say that because he genuinely cares for you. Dan and Ashari genuinely care for you. Unlike other people, I can say hand on heart, they care for you. I can add a yes and amen to Paul's words about Timothy that we have, Kath and I have no one else like them. They have served with me. In other words, we've seen for ourselves. I remember the circumstances in which Dan was thrust into leadership at a youth level. Our youth pastor was taken suddenly from us through a freak accident. And Dan had to navigate the pain, the uncertainty, not only of young people, but also the leadership team. And some of the leadership team at that time couldn't journey with Dan under his leadership. And as a young leader, when you want everyone to say yes and follow you, just to give you some glimpse that you are meant to be doing what you're doing, most of those people left. And I, and I watched him navigate that. I watched him hold his head high. You only are what you are under pressure and he's faced pressure and come out time and time and time again. On a personal note, man, for us as a church, 2016 sucked. We had so many things happen time and time again. But in 2016, I had a blood infection in, in May. I won't bore you with the details, but there was this one moment where I just felt like my body was shutting down. Doctor confirmed that's because it is. And I, I was literally dying. And Dan came in and spent the night at hospital just to check on me and, and just to make sure I was okay. And he never left my side. And I just kept going in and out of consciousness and, and I'd kind of come to, and Dan was right there. <laughs> just like, whoa. And I... And I, I with all the strength I could muster, I'd look at him and say, Dan, love you, Dan. Just, and he's checking my pulse. He kept checking my pulse. He'd wake me up, what he do? And he's checking my pulse. You can laugh about it now, but it was serious. It was serious. But he was there. And he never left my side, and I just really appreciate that. Not only that, but Dan has been leading and preaching a lot more over the last 12 months. Some of you said, I knew it. Aha. And if you worked it out where this was heading, well done. We dropped a lot of crumbs for you to pick up on. <laughs> Come on, church. Pick he's been in the engine room of all of our major decisions. And I want to say, quite frankly, his growth, along with the Sharis, has been remarkable. And I love him and I love Ashari both dearly and I'm really proud of him. Love you guys. Yeah. 
And as good as all that is, guess what? On top of that, they've got the full support and full backing of Life Global. Eight campuses cheering on, praying for, offering a helping hand. The time's right, church. Whatever you feel, the time is right. Which brings me to my third point that we need to be aware of, and that is the voice of people. In other words, what did the people say? And no doubt there were a number of responses in Paul's day about Paul's letter. I reckon in Paul's day, there would have been some that were sad. Like, mm, really hoping Paul would come. <laughs> if people are anything like today, I, I, I promise you there's someone, like, mm, really hoping for Paul. I reckon there's others who got really mad. Why is Paul not coming? It's just human nature. And then there would have been others just glad. Oh, we get Timothy. Woo! Glad we don't get that mean guy, Paul. I mean, have you read Paul's letters? I don't know that I would want him to be my pastor. Yeah, give me John. John was a nice guy. He was a lover of people. Pete, I mean, Paul, love him. But man, he'd be, he'd be tough. In his shirt, he'd be tough. And so it'd be some like, man, I'm just so glad it's Timothy and not Paul. Come, please. And all of those emotions and all of those feelings are not right or wrong. They're just real. And no doubt people in this room are feeling one of those. Announcements like this change usually makes us feel sad, man or glad. And whatever you're feeling isn't wrong. It's not necessarily right, but it is real. And we must manage those things. And so what I want to say today is this. Feel free to grieve. It's okay. Feel free to rejoice. Just remember, I have feelings. So if you're happy, oh, this is awesome. Still have feelings. But feel free to rejoice. Feel free. Feel so free, you can even ask questions. But do it all with faith. Feel what you like. But all I'm asking is that you add faith to your feelings. And then I'd say, if you're going to add faith to your feelings, let your faith lead your feelings. See, if we don't manage our feelings, our feelings will manage us. And what I have found to be true in these moments for me, when I'm sad, mad or glad, is just how precious the Holy Spirit is in these moments. The Holy Spirit comes to do many things. But when you're feeling deeply about something, when you're hurting deeply about something, when you're not sure or uncertain about something, Holy Spirit loves to come as comforter. And I find He has comforted me time and time and time and time again, because that's what He does. But every time He does that, He never leaves me on comfort, because He never comes to make me comfortable. He comes to comfort me, but not make me comfortable. And I find no sooner does the Holy Spirit comfort me, than He brings His perspective. And what He does, every time He's comforted me, He brings perspective. And he always points me to Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit is the PR manager of Jesus. Everything he does is just get, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. I said, man, that hurt. Hey, I get it. 
But remember the one who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, blame and pain because he had you in mind. He had me in mind. So church, I have absolute faith that our best days are ahead of us. Kath and I have led this church for 30 years. And honestly, it's been the greatest joy and the greatest privilege of ours. And the amazing thing is, we didn't deserve 30 seconds of it. The fact that God would take a young punk like me and entrust me to the care of his people, I to this day don't understand. I don't get it. But I am incredibly grateful and incredibly indebted to him. I'm so grateful for Jesus. I love Jesus more now than ever before because I do not deserve 30 minutes of doing what I'm doing, let alone 30 years. I want to thank you for loving us, for being patient with me in particular, with all my many mistakes I've made. Oh my gosh, I've made so many mistakes. I've literally learned on the job and you've been the guinea pigs. Thank you. I've loved being in this role, I've loved loving you and I've loved leading you. You know what? You guys are an easy bunch to love. And so from the bottom of our heart, thank you. And now I get the greatest joy to be able to hand over to Dan and Ashari. Minus the scandal. Yes. Minus the burnout, minus the so many sad stories that often accompany these moments. So can you do something this morning? Can we stand to our feet? And can we put our hands together as we welcome our new campus pastor, Pastor Dan. I don't know much of that. You've got to... It's funny, it's to uh, plan and prep a lot of things to say in this moment, but every time uh, it blows me away, the response of people. And I just want to begin my time from, oh, just saying thank you to you first and foremost, but really quickly, I want to move on to honoring an incredible couple who for 30 years built God's kingdom and God's house and for 30 years put obedience to the call of God above everything else and for 30 years invested into each and every single one of us. And I just want to say thank you and honour you guys. And well, Pastor Tony didn't tell you about the hospital story as I came in and it was 
not what I expected and I was shocked and I was just praying the whole night. I didn't want to sleep a wink because I would hate for someone to come and be like, what happened? And I'd be like, oh, I was sleeping, you know, that would suck. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> but all throughout the night, in between whenever Pastor Tony would wake up and say, hey, I love you. And he would then quickly follow with this. I was sitting in a chair, he was lying in the bed and he said, hey, why don't I take the chair and you take the bed so you can get some sleep? Multiple times throughout the night. And so I climbed into the bed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> but what that shows me is the heart of those who've been leading us for 30 years, that even in their darkest, most painful moment, he was still thinking of others over himself. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for helping us grow. But most importantly, thank you for putting God first in everything. Come on, can we honor Pastor Tony and Kat? We love you guys. I'm not going to stop it. We can keep going, to be honest. So, We do have a very, very small token of appreciation for you guys. And it does not come close to anywhere near the thanks and honor you deserve. But we do have a gift. Kath, we got some flowers for you. And then we, as an SLT, Morgan, Crystal, myself and Ashari, on behalf of everyone, just chose out some watches for you guys just to really say thank you so much for the time that you've invested into the kingdom and to us. And we know this is not the end. We know God has so much ahead of you and we cannot wait to not only be praying, not only be supporting, not only to be walking with you, but to be a part of your future story as well. So we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We honour you. We love you guys. And church, we are going to take some time in April at one of those services to truly honour this couple properly because we know that we can't do the justice today. We're going to dedicate a whole Sunday to it. So please make sure we'll let you guys know, put it in your calendars. It's going to be a great time, but we love you guys and we thank you so much. So, hey, can we, can we welcome our Pastor Luke to come and share? That'd be amazing. Thank you. Awesome. You know, I'm not going to take too long enough has been said, but the truth is the sign of a healthy transition is not actually when the leader's ready, it's when the next is ready. And Pastor Tony has brilliantly put in words that this is God, Pastor Melissa and myself, two years ago, pretty much to the Sunday, <laughs> had the honour and privilege of taking on what is life, and I know firsthand the reality of all that goes into transition, and I understand, having gone through this ourselves, what it means for a church, and there is all sorts, as has been said, 
emotions, but the truth of the matter is I know personally for myself, as Pastor Tony's communicated, as Pastor Dan has, that for them and their selves, but for me, for Melissa and I ourselves, there's an incredible peace that this is God. And I said to the leaders yesterday when we let them know, there's a lot of people that use God told me to get out of things. And it's a scapegoat and I don't ever want to take a moment like this to say God said, but the truth is I know God said. One of the very first times I came to Life Adelaide, this was not a discussion point at all between Pastor Tony and myself. But as I got the privilege to meet Dan and Ashari and get them uh, relationally a little bit more in my orbit and world, I felt like God was whispering in my ear that moment, this is the next. And I made sure, and Pastor Tony could, I guess, verify this, I made sure very clearly that I wasn't going to tell Pastor Tony and Kath how it's going to go or what it's going to be because it's, if it's of God, the same God can tell him. They can tell me and the same God can tell them. They told me and I just want to take a moment to publicly reinforce that this is a good thing. Uh, it is a big thing, but it is an exciting thing. And the truth is what I've discovered and you read it through scripture from generation to generation. And what I've discovered being in church my whole life is as incredible as these two leaders are and what they've led us into for 30 years. When is the last time you met someone that's been doing the same job for 30 years? No promotion, no ability to climb the ladder, just the same job every day for 30 years. That's not normal and as incredible as they are, the truth is for where we are going as a church here in Life Adelaide, they can't take us where we need to go because not they could out of gift, but because God has ordained this moment and has given the anointing and the authority to this incredible couple to take us forward. And so it's hard to rationalize that in our finite brains, but I've discovered, I remember when, one of the board members said to me before our transition, hey, we believe, you know, God's appointed you, not because you're the son, but because it's God. And I said, yeah, but I can't do any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't get vision like Pastor Paul gets vision. I, don't, I remember bringing out all the reasons why not. And I remember so clearly being pulled aside by one of our spiritual advisors said, you don't need to fear what you don't have because if it is God and we know it is God, God will grace you for the next season. And I believe that's not just an individual grace, but as we bring it back to Life Adelaide, it's a grace for this church to go further and farther and faster than ever gone before. We are thankful for the 30 years, <laughs> but we're believing the next 30 would be even greater than the former days. And the truth is when God's in our lives and in the decisions we make, He always brings us to something new and always brings us to something greater. And I'm so excited for this. But I do want to publicly take a moment to say thank you, Pastor Tony and Kath. I know we've honoured you. I know that this service in April is going to be a real celebration of you and your family. And it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be our honour to honour you. But I do want to take a moment to publicly say thank you for not just the process, but for who you guys are to Melissa and I. I know you're incredible friends to my parents, Pastor Paul and Marie. And, you know, when you're in ministry together, it's... It's very uh, rare but very critical that you have people you can love and trust that know what it is to lead 
in the areas we lead. And you guys are an exemplary model of what it is to follow Jesus, to love God and to love people. And so you've not only blessed our lives in the short space of time, we've done a whole lot of life together. But I just want to publicly say thank you for how you love the church, how you love this church and the people. And we are excited for what your next looks like. And I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. I believe the words of Isaiah that there is going to be a new strength that comes. And there's going to be this ability to soar at new heights. On the wings of eagles, there's going to be an ability to run and not get weary, to walk and not be faint. And this next season is going to be great. I believe it's going to be greater and it's hard to top what the season has been. But in God, there is almost always so much more. And so I just publicly want to say on behalf of Melissa, I thank you for who you are. It is very rare to not only find someone as committed as this couple to do this for 30 years, but like you said, it's even more rare, unfortunately, that a transition like this is happening healthily because most of the time it's because of some idiotic decision someone's made or something poor that's happened. So thank you for staying the course, for being an incredible example for every single one of us. And we're believing with you that God's going to do great things. And I will just declare this scripture over your new campus pastors. And I want to do it publicly because I believe it is a word for this church for who we are and where God is taking us. But I do want to say, Dan, Shari, thank you for trusting God, even when it doesn't make sense. You're an incredible couple. You may be young, but you're incredibly wise. You're incredible, faithful servants of not only Jesus, but His people. And I have no doubt in my mind that God is going to do amazing things through you and through us because of you. But Joshua 1 verse 3 to 9, this is Moses handing on to Joshua. And Moses was a great man of God. So was Joshua, but there was a difference that had to take place from one generation to the next. Moses wasn't allowed in to the promised land, but it was Joshua's moment to take the people forward. And all the great things that Moses did and everything that happened was great. But the word of the Lord is this, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east and the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, God says, and I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the ones who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Verse 7 says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. It's at that moment that you'll become successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate it on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, the Lord says in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to know, not only is the Lord with you, Melissa and I are with you, and we are all with you, believing for what God has in our next. And so I want to take a moment to publicly honour you guys and thank you guys and let you know 
We got you back 100%. Are you with me? Come on, let's give it up for this incredible couple. And what we're going to do is in a moment, I'm going to invite Jesse and Ash from the board to come and these couples to come. We're going to stand, we're going to pray for them. But if you're here and you say, you know what, my life is better because of this incredible couple, Pastor Tony and Kath. And what I wanted to do, I worked with Ash and Jesse on the board and said, hey, I, what I would love to do, I know this is not our normal go here at Life in that sense, but I would love to give every one of us the opportunity to give a love offering to this couple. And Pastor Tony mentioned that they're going to be going on some well-deserved long service break, but when we get to the honouring in April, we're going to do a bunch more. But if you feel like, hey, God's placed on my heart, I'd love to give something. Every cent, every dollar that is given to this offering will go to this incredible couple. And I'm believing it'll help create an even greater refreshment for their time off. I mean, 30 years is a long time. And yes, a thousand weeks, maybe I won't give you that long, but we'll give you a good break. <laughs> but uh, on the screen, this is the way you can do that. You can scan, I think there's a QR code there that you can get to the Tithely app with it, but you can just put or you know, select on Tithely TNK Love Offering and we'll make sure that we collate that and give that to them say, hey, we want you to know we love you. <laughs> we honour you and we thank you for leading us because let's be real. If it wasn't for this couple, we wouldn't be here. And whether you know them as best mates or you know them as the people on the stage, <laughs> if it wasn't for their faithfulness, their generosity, their commitment, to trust God with everything, we wouldn't have what we have today. And so I know for Melissa and I, we're going to be a part of this. And if you want to be a part of that, no pressure. But if you want to say thanks to them, then we'll make sure that we get that to them and honour them. I didn't tell them about it because I knew what they would have said, being very humble people, get out of it, you mongrel, don't do that. <laughs> but I really feel like this is something that has a great opportunity for us to be able to bless them. Is that cool? So why don't we get Jesse, Ash, why don't you guys come up and why don't Dan Ashari... Tony, Kath, why don't you come up? Missy, why don't you come up as well? And maybe Ash, you could pray. Why don't we all stand to our feet? And I'd love for us to all be a part of this moment, put our hands forward, because this is a commissioning moment where, as we believe from today on, we're going to be entering new ground. Church, why don't you reach your hand out towards these two amazing couples? Father, firstly, we thank you for pastors Tone and Kath. We thank you for the way that they have diligently led us. We thank you that the, for the way that they have passionately represented you in leading us. And Father, we just want to pray a blessing over them. We declare your goodness over them. We declare our thankfulness over them. And so Holy Spirit, we're asking you, just come and continue to be their portion uh, over this next season as they step into new things, as they step into different things. Holy Spirit, won't you come and just rest on them and be with them? Father, I know that they've lived their lives in front of that audience of one. And I know that they're looking forward in many years' time to hearing that well done, good and faithful servant. But the reality is, is that they've served us so well that we want to declare that over them this morning as well. And so we say thank you for serving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for always championing Jesus for us and modelling Him so well. So bless them, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And as the uh, leadership mantle moves in Life Adelaide from Pastors Tony and pa uh, sorry, Pastors Tony and Kath 
to Pastors Dan and Ashari. We're praying for that supernatural ease, for that grace to come and rest on Dan and Ashari as well. Father, we thank You again for the way that they've diligently served. We thank You for their humility and the fact that they would say of themselves that uh, there's there's much to, to learn and much to grow in. But Holy Spirit, we thank You that You are with them. We thank You that You will grace them. We thank You for the way that they have already demonstrated their passion and love for Life Adelaide. And Father, we pray for a deepening of that in this next season. So we declare our love for them. We declare that we're going to take up our biblical responsibility and pray for our leaders on a regular basis because we all need that prayer. And so Holy Spirit, again, we ask for your presence, your blessing and your grace on Dan and Ashari as they step into this new role in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen, amen, amen. One more time, let's put our hands together for these incredible legends. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.